the farm. Today my guest is Maddie. Welcome Maddie. Thank you Katja. We're talking, you've married a farmer, now what? Maddie, please introduce yourself, your farm and how it was you became here. Um, I'm Maddie Perthouse um, and we are at Blackville um, in northwest New South Wales, about an hour and a half from Tamworth and um, we bought this property seven years ago um, and I ran the farm um, on my own with my, um, I guess probably uh, my business partner, which was my dad, who bought the farm with me, but I did the management side of it. And we've had, you know, droughts and floods and, you know, lots of challenges through that time. Um, and then when I was heavily pregnant, my husband moved onto the farm and so now we manage it together. Beautiful. So can you introduce Hugh and Rim and how you all work on the farm here together? So um, my husband Hugh, he grew up at Brazer and uh, on a conventional cattle and cropping grain property and um, we have a gorgeous little girl from Rose who's three. Beautiful. And what kind of farming setup do you manage here with you? Uh, so we follow regenerative principles. Um, so I guess we do things slightly different. Um, we focus on soil health. And so we believe that soil health will then, um, if we have healthy soil, we'll have um, healthy plants and then healthy animals and then healthy people. Yep. So, um, you know, our values really lie on sequestering carbon and building soil health. So then we can, um, you know, basically, you know, go down the line, have healthy plants, health, healthy animals and then healthy people, but also to improve our uh, productivity and our profitability. When you say we're just going to take a break in today's interview and give a shout out to our supportive link, Thermomix. Maddie and I both have them and love them. We wouldn't give anything else for them. Like, they make our life amazing. If you are interested in one, in how they can increase your productivity, healthiness on the farm and making things easy, please click the link below or send a direct message to me and we can discuss Thermomixes. Now back to today's interview first moved here to the farm, um, your first generation on here, so tell me how did you find the farm and what was it that made it stand out to you? Oh, um, it's a pretty, I guess it's been a big leap, so I grew up in Sydney, I was interested in horses uh, which took me to an ag college and then I ended up doing agriculture and, and went out into the ag industry um, and I always had a passion for wanting to run my own business. And, and my own farm and I guess I was just lucky enough that my dad was um, interested in investing um, in the property and in me. So that's kind of how we got here and I think it was really challenging early on, especially when I was at college, that I came from Sydney. I found that quite hard, um, you know, I don't know if you say I got bullied but you know, you know there was lots of comments about, you know, I was from Sydney. Uh, and in later years I've really realised that that was probably a blessing because um, I probably just didn't have preconceived ideas about how to run a farm and I've probably challenged um, a lot of paradigms since then which is sort of how we've um, you know, gone into more of this regenerative way and I think that's been really beneficial for our business. So when you first moved here seven years ago, Maddie, was there any surprises or hurdles you had to jump in to start your business here, to start the farming lifestyle here? Oh, it's um, it's been a serious roller coaster. Um, we bought at the end of 2016. It was an incredible, incredible season. Um, cattle prices were very good. Um, 
and we sort of we we stocked up uh, and then we hit the three-year dry period. So, uh, you know, that in itself was challenging for everybody, um, but for a startup business and for me managing my own, well, managing a business, let alone my own business and making those decisions, um, it was tough. I, I sort of say that I got thrown into a pretty deep pool and had to start swimming. And I guess, um, you know, a huge part of that has been education and about learning. Um, I did my first grazing for profit in the start of 2017, and that to me was life changing. Um, I'd sort of been learning about regenerative principles, uh, reading Rachel Treasure's books, The Jillian and the Stockman, and which a lot of uh, young women read, um, in, interested in agriculture, I should say. And, um, she sort of speaks about these regenerative practices throughout those books, um, and that's probably what started ticking things over in my in my mind. And then when we purchased the farm, I guess I didn't have very good financial knowledge, and so um, that was probably the most challenging part was just trying to get some really solid education about you know how to run the books, uh, really understanding my financials and where we were sitting as a business, um, especially then going into a dry period, um, making those really hard decisions to destock. Especially because we, you know, we just re, well, we just stopped, I guess, you know, at the start of that. So, um, yeah, you know, education to me has been probably the biggest thing. So, learning and knowing what you know now, is there anything that you're setting up next time for when the next dry period hits? Good question. Uh, well, we're probably in that dry period. Yeah. <laughs> um, which came sooner than we were expecting. Um, it's definitely been easier this time around, uh, but with a whole new set of challenges. So over the last seven years we've bought numerous farms around us um, and so we've sort of gone from managing 2300 acres to 10,000 acres um, in this sole block here. And um, so the business has grown quite quickly um, and you know it's obviously been challenging. We have now low cattle prices, high interest rates. Um, being, you know, we're kind of back in startup mode. We're highly geared, you know. So it's, uh, it's a whole new set of challenges this time around, especially going back into a dry. Um, we probably didn't take advantage just due to the the, the prices um, during the wet sort of last spring um, of utilising all that grass as good as good as we could. So we have a lot of sort of long rank feed. But in saying that, we um, we follow a um, a feed budget and a grazing chart and so we are always trying to match our stocking rate um, to our carrying capacity and as soon as we can see that our stocking rate is looking like it's going to go beyond our carrying capacity that's sort of when we look at destocking. So we, we feed budget, we know what we have in front of us um, and then we kind of forecast out to make sure that we can get through to our green date for which, for which well for us which is sort of the middle of November so we sort of plan on that. So I guess we made some really hard decisions early on um, with the dropping of the cattle price, um, but also just feed-wise. So financially, it's going to be a challenging year, but um, feed-wise, we're feeling pretty comfortable right now. Yeah. So you've mentioned previously that you know learning the finances was sort of the hardest part. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about where you researched and, and how you are learning and getting on top of those finances. Um, grazing for profit, number yeah. one. Um, I couldn't recommend that highly enough for anybody that's in agriculture. Um, not only financially, but um, you know, soil health, nutrition, reproduction, um, goals and visions. Yeah. You know, it, it's a real 
broad um, approach, I guess. Um, so definitely got a lot out of that. I then did Next Steps, which is sort of the next program through RCS, um, which I had a business coach for six months that helped me through actually coming home and putting that into practice. And then um, I then started Executive Link, which uh, is then a three-year process where you have three meetings a year for three years. <laughs> We're being joined by some chooks. <laughs> um, and so, so three-year three process, three board meetings a year. So you get set up with a group of businesses from around Australia, five or six businesses, and you, and you follow that process together. And, and so they really um, they help you keep yourself accountable. Um, you have an agenda that you follow each meeting. And um, <laughs> yeah, agenda that you follow each meeting, and it's um, oh, it's it's been an incredible process, mainly to keep myself accountable. Um, but prior to the meetings, you have to go with all your financial data, so you know you you get held accountable to do this stuff, yep. and you have help on top of that. Um, so Make sure you're looking at it. Yes, and and so I guess following that, I now have a business coach um, who I meet with once a month, but as often as I need to keep me on track and keep me accountable and ask questions. Sounds like you've learned a lot of lessons in a short period of time. Apart from what we've already spoken about, would you say there was other lessons that were key in going forward with your business that you've learned while being here? I think the biggest thing I've learned since starting out is that I'm a woman and I can't carry things as heavy as a man. And I think when you start out, you really want to prove yourself and you want to prove that you are just as capable as a man. I've now realised that I have skills in other areas that um, are probably just better suited to my ability and my strength. Now, I'm not a small, like I am a small person, so um, I think that's been a really, a really good learning curve and just for other women to really, and maybe men that are smaller, um, yeah. that... Um, it's just to back yourself and that you, if you do have skills in other areas that, um, you know, make sure you follow those but um, don't lift things as heavy um, if you don't need to because, yeah, I have a pretty bad back now. Work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. So from moving to Sydney to out here on the farm, do you find that sometimes there's loneliness or open spaces or have you just naturally fitted into the environment here? Um... I love it. Yeah. I could never go back to Sydney. I didn't love Sydney growing up, um, but I struggle to go back for a weekend now. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. I have probably learnt to enjoy the loneliness. I think um, I moved to Breeza to my husband's family farm before we purchased here, and I definitely, it took a while to get used to the loneliness, I would say. Um, especially because I was working uh, in the sow yards and in a um, software, an agricultural software sort of um, company at that point. And so he was still on his family farm and doing a lot of harvest and that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, he worked a lot and I wasn't working on the farm and it, it was lonely at times. Um, but I've now just learnt to love my own company, I guess. And now I have my daughter. It's we're never lonely, um, and I I love it. I think we've built a really incredible community here. Um, 
we have our workers, which are here, and um, our worker's wife, who is lovely, and we have some friends that live down the road, and we have our nanny, and my dad's up all the time. So just even on our farm alone, we have a lot of people, um, but we have, you know, Blackville Playgroup, um, what's the fortnight, so it's really nice for Prim to get out and see some people as well as myself. Uh, and there's so many amazing women around this area. Um, so I feel really blessed that, um, yeah, I don't, I've never felt lonely since being here. It's probably the opposite. I'm probably trying to flow down, yeah. which blows my mind, I guess. Um, the other thing I would say is social media has, especially through the COVID, has played a really, like, played a really big role um, in, you know, just finding like-minded friends and, you know, making a call and saying hi to someone. So that's been helpful. Yeah. Back in the early days when you said you needed to get used to your own company and the loneliness, was there anything that you did to make yourself feel more comfortable in the quiet and, and in your own company? That's a good question. <laughs> um, not that I remember. I think I just went and rode my horse, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I found I tried to find a hobby that I liked to kind of keep me busy. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and I don't want to say be busy because I really think we are all too busy these days and we need to slow down, but I think that's how I solved it at that time. Once you moved here, Maddie, and you were trying to find, you know, your people and your community, was there anything in particular you did to be able to join up with people? I think um, when I lived at Brazer, the mines, the Shenhua mines were going on at that point, or we were protecting against Shenhua mine, I should probably say. And I ran a group called the Little Plains Youth, and I grew a big group of friends through that. We met quite often. Um, I think that was actually a, a really big part of me sort of finding just a like-minded group of um, friends initially um, and then I think since being here at Blackville um, you know that's all slowed down and um, you know that's changed again um, you know we all grow into different people and I think especially through the regenerative network I've really found an incredible group of, of friends and some live close and some live um, you know further away um, but I've really, yeah, I found an incredible support network through that and that I found that really important, especially because we do things slightly different here. To just have that support is really helpful. Yeah. But tell me about having Prim on the farm. Um, that's, that's been a pretty big change. Yeah. Um, I really struggled early on when I'd first given birth. I ended up in an emergency Caesar, um, which I think was lucky because I probably blamed the Caesar more than blaming having her, um, you know, for not being physical on the farm. I, it, you know, it went from me basically managing the farm to being made redundant pretty quickly, uh, at least in the first, you know, maybe six months. Yeah. Um, and my husband, Hugh, who took on my role as, as well as doing his, who was just phenomenal, but, you know, I, I really struggled with that. Um, yeah, I just felt like he took my job and... Um, yeah, I, I find that I found that really challenging. But I think, um, you know, over time I've got a lot better um, at working with a small person in tow, 
and she's amazing. She comes with us everywhere, um, and she, you know, I guess she just blows my mind how capable she is at three, yeah. or nearly three. Um, the skills that she has, that and yeah, the capabilities that she has just blows my mind. So um, it definitely has its challenges, um, as I'm sure you yeah. are very aware. <laughs> um, and things are a lot slower, um, but it also has lots of blessings in it as well. Um, but my, I guess my role has changed a lot in terms of being physical on the farm to now being in the office. Um, I have a nanny three days a week, and that has sort of really only been blossoming over the over the last year. Um, still really trying to find a balance there. She doesn't cope with that very well. Um, so, you know, that has its own challenges in terms of her being a real mummy's girl and, and wanting to be around me. So, you know, I think... It's just going to be an ongoing challenge at the moment, but um, we're both learning to work with it. You mentioned it was a big change to yourself, particularly on the farm, and that it was a hard change. So yeah. was there anything particularly in that first six to 12 months that you found really helped you either change your perspective or embrace the new role here on the farm? I think it was just time, really. Um, I wish I could, you know, provide some pearls, pearl of wisdom, I guess. But I think for me, it was just about still getting out on the farm, putting the effort in. I guess I found it hard, just, you know, more work, taking everything with you. I breastfed for two years, so that probably made it a lot easier. I, I didn't have to pack anything, and I had everything I needed wherever I went. So as long as I had a couple of nappies and some wipes, I was pretty sorted, um, but just really making myself get out and um, still be involved, I think like that actually that helped me a lot. Um, I probably focused my time a lot in other areas, um, one thing being low tox, so I sort of have transformed our house into um, you know using low tox products on her and um, you know cleaning you know all that sort of stuff so I think, um, as well as probably health, so I've um, I've spent a lot of time researching health and our food and what we eat, and I think I've probably found a few other things that I'm passionate about that's probably really helped me through that period to sort of focus on as well as, um, yeah, just not, not being able to be as physical outside as I was before. Previously on this channel, we've talked about a go bag, and you mentioned when you were talking um, about having Prim on the farm with you that you would grab, you know, a packet of whites and some nappies. Is there anything that you would take down the paddock with you, or that you would have in a go bag? Um, always food. Always food. Always food and water. Um, she toilet trained pretty early, so that's been a blessing. Um, probably early on was really just as I said, was wipes and nappies. That really got me through because she was on the boob for so long. Um, but basically now I don't leave without um, lots of food, water. I generally have a nice basket of goodies. Um, you know, occasionally we might bring a book or a fluffy toy or, you know, something else. But just in terms of necessities. Um, and then, yeah, I generally have a pack of wipes still sitting in each bike. Um, but that's probably that probably gets us through. Yeah. I think the lucky thing for us is 
we're never that far from home and there is sort of houses on quite a few of the farms so if we get stuck we can sort of race back to a toilet or you know to someone's house if we got really stuck so we're probably really lucky there we're not as isolated as a lot of people would be um yeah it's not always that far to get back and she's very used to sleeping in the bike yeah so you know she just curls up on my lap and has a nap if she needs to so that's um that's always helpful yeah and safety on the farm maddie is there certain jobs um that you don't do with prim or is there you know certain aspects where you've set up a safe zone for her Good question. Um, we're very conscious because around our house is where our sheds are. Um, and thankfully, our worker also has two small children, so he's really mindful as well. So, you know, we just have rules that, you know, whenever you're moving a vehicle of any sort, um, bikes included, that you need to check behind um, and just sort of be aware. Um, we ride horses a bit, and so Prim's now riding, and so we go out together. So that's really nice, but it's always helmets. Um, she's really grown up in the buggy, and so she's never been a kid to kind of jump out or, um, you know, be silly. She's she's a girl, and she's quite smart. You know, she's yeah. she's definitely um, I'm definitely lucky there. Um, but you know, we we are just mindful. Where I go is very different probably to where I would have used to have gone speed limit wise. You know, I'm always going a lot slower. My bikes are probably always in better condition than anyone else's. Um, so, yeah, I think you just you just change and adapt as you go. Um, you know, we don't, I don't go anywhere that I think is dangerous. Uh, we, you know, she'll come to the yards with us when she was little. You know, I might have taken earmuffs with me and things like that. Um, she used to run the race with me in a carrier and I'd have earmuffs on her. So, you know, we just... We try to protect a hearing as much as we can, especially, um, yeah, so yeah, there's definitely different things that we do, you know, that we do now, but, you know, I, I guess they've just sort of, um, they're just normal life now, I guess. Our boys for a long time used to be in the bouncer on the on the vaccination table, yes. and they used to sit there until they wouldn't stay in the bouncer <laughs> any longer, and <laughs> we've got some extra panelling now, so yep. they can run along the panelling in there. They're that fine. Is fine. They're protected. <laughs> I must admit, when she was really little, I did have um, a capsule in the buggy that was secured in there, and she did sleep in there a lot. Um, and then we moved to a, a proper car seat. Yeah. Um, and you know, as she started walking, that was getting more and more difficult. But you know, she's she's never jumped out, so you know, she um, she's just kind of learnt. She's pretty amazing. Her balance is quite amazing. But you know, we we just practice, try to practice safety as much as we can. Yeah. And you mentioned that she's riding. Yes. So what are your top tips for finding the right horse? Oh. Um, pay the money to get something that is quiet. Yeah. I think, you know, kids' ponies are expensive. Um, I don't think um, our kids' safety, you could put a price on that. Um, you know, find, find, if you... I guess it's hard if you don't know, if you're not horsey yourself, find someone that is horsey that can help you out in terms of sourcing a horse. If you are horsey, you know, you'll know who to ask and you know the questions to ask. Um, so um, that's probably, you know, we paid that bit of extra money to make sure we had a safe horse. Um, yeah. And one that we, um, you know, 
I ride, she leads next to me, she has a helmet on, um, and, you know, feral animals aren't going to spook the horse. She can go through creeks, that sort of stuff. So just, yeah, yeah. that would be spend the money. So, Maddie, thank you so much for being here with us today and sitting down talking. You've married the farmer, which you're the farmer <laughs> as well in this situation. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. If you have enjoyed Maddie's interview and enjoy others similar, then please click the link in the description below. It will take you to previous interviews with like-minded people and women as we build this community of the rural mums. Um, we are also very active over on Instagram, so I will add a link for that as well. Anything that we've mentioned will be linked below. Until next time, thank you for joining us.